again, my name is Alex Barthet. I'm a board certified construction lawyer here in the state of Florida. And today we're going to talk about why your lien is worthless when you do tenant build out work. Or is it? You know, we'll talk about some ways that you can actually make your lien enforceable um, when you do tenant build out work. So let's get right into it. Um, so let's talk about why your lien on tenant build out work is worthless. We'll talk about um, the lease that exists between the landlord and the tenant um, and what language may be in that lease that may be problematic for you. <clears throat> we'll take a look at the Florida statute on this issue. There is a specific Florida statute on this issue and what it says and what you can do. And then we'll talk about some very specific steps on how you can protect yourself. All right, let's get right into it. So why is your lien worthless when you do tenant build out work? And the reason is pretty simple. The statute that governs liens says that so long as there is a contractual relationship, written or unwritten, that exists between the owner of the property all the way down to a material supplier to a sub-subcontractor, then you have lien rights. But your lien rights only exist at, to the extent that the owner has an interest in the property. Meaning, if the owner that contracted the work with the general contractor who hired you, the plumber, is the tenant, meaning that the tenant is the party that hired the contractor, then you can only encumber the interest that that tenant has, which is a lease. If you do work for someone that owns the property, then to the extent you don't get paid and record a lien, you can encumber that owner's fee simple ownership interest in the property. So the crux of the question that we need to answer is the party that is contracting with the general contractor, what interest does that person, that entity have with the property? Because more likely than not, we are not going to have a better interest in the property than that, that person or company does. So that's really what we need to focus on. Is the party that contracted with the GC the owner, the landlord, um, or the tenant? So how do we figure this out? What do we need to do to determine what interest the contracting um, in quotes, owner has. Well, the easiest way to do that is to look in the public records. Um, so let's assume that you're doing work in Miami-Dade County. And in Miami-Dade County, you want to determine who owns the property that I'm about to do work on. So one of the things you could do is you could Google search um, property appraiser Miami-Dade County. You just switch that search around for any county that you want um, and it'll pull up the property appraisers website and in that property appraisers website it will allow you to run a search typically by owner name or property address so if you type in the property address it's going to tell you who the owner is um, so let's say it's um, abc corp is the owner of this piece of property but i know that the party that hired the contractor is not ABC Corp. Um, it's someone else. Well, now I should be very concerned that 
my lien is not going to attach to the owner's interest because the owner is not a contracting party to this chain of contracts. There are obviously some other ways to determine whether or not you're doing tenant build-out work. Obviously, if you're doing work in a strip mall or in an office building, um, those are situations in which more likely than not you're doing work for the tenant and not the landlord. It is possible that the landlord contracted for the work, but if you're doing the build-out work inside of a yogurt shop, then more likely than not, you're doing work for the tenant and you should be very suspect of the lien rights that you may have. One of the things that you have to be very careful about is not to rely on the notice of commencement. The reason I say that is because the, the, the notice of commencement form that's put out by pretty much every municipality has a little spot where the owner is going to put their name. Now, if the tenant is filling out the notice of commencement, the tenant may fill out their name in their section. So you look at the notice of commencement and you say, well, it says owner and it says this person's name, they must be the owner. That's not always the case. Again, the only way you will know for sure is to look in the public records with the property appraiser to determine who is the owner of the property. So let's talk about another issue that impacts your rights to have a lien on tenant build-out work. And that is, what is the language that exists in the lien in the lease between the landlord and the tenant? So a landlord has the option to put in a provision in their lease that prohibits liens by the tenant. This is called a no lien provision. Almost every lease that I look at has a no lien provision. It is pretty common and in essence says, we, we landlord um, agree with you tenant that you will not do anything to allow this piece of property to be encumbered by a lien. Um, so if the lien is not permitted to exist pursuant to the lease, then your lien will only attach to the leasehold interest. Um, again, which is everything we're talking about. That means that you won't be able to sell the real estate, the, the property. So let's go back to our example that you're doing work at this build out for a yogurt shop in a strip mall. The tenant is the one that hired the contractor who hired you, the plumber. Now you um, put a lien on the property and if you are not paid and you want to foreclose on your lien, what you're going to foreclose on is the lease. So you'll be able to <clears throat> potentially take ownership of the lease and move in and run the yogurt shop. Not really what you want to do. Um, what you want to do is be able to sell the property, not just that yogurt shop, but all of it to get paid. The other problem that we see is that most often when a tenant is unable to pay the contractor or its subcontractors, they're probably also not paying the rent. And if they're not paying the rent, what's going to happen? They're going to get evicted. And if they get evicted, then the landlord is going to terminate the lease and take over the space, which means your potential lien on that tenant build-out work is worthless. You will recover nothing. Um, because the lease will be terminated. 
So let's take a look at the Florida statutes and talk about the process that has to be followed to perfect all of these things that we're talking about. It's a specific statute, 713.10, and it says that if this lease has this prohibition that I talked to you about, and a copy of it has been recorded in the public records, then, um, and, and what, is, what does it have to say? It has to have the name of the lessor, it has to have a legal description of the parcel, it has to have the specific no lien language per the lease, um, and it has to have a statement that all or a majority of the leases in the parcel prohibit such liability. So it's a two-part analysis. One, the, le the lease between the landlord and the tenant has this prohibition, and two, the landlord has recorded a copy of this, um, it's called a memorandum of lease, in the public record, putting the world on notice, because it's now recorded in the public record, that that there are no liens permitted on this property. By the way, you can find this memorandum of lease. It's usually recorded under um, in the public records of the county where the property is located. You can find it by doing a search for the name of the landlord. So I told you, you can go to the property appraiser's website. In the property appraiser website, you can type in the address. It'll tell you who the owner is. So let's say it's uh, XYZ Corp. That's the name of the owner. So you go and you look in the recorded documents section in the county where the property is located and you type in XYZ Corp. That's the owner. And you'll see all the documents that have been recorded that affect that owner name. If there is one of these uh, memorandum of leases, it will be listed in that list of recorded documents. So the question is, okay, thank you, Alex, for all of this information on all the ways that my lien is worthless. What is it that I can do to protect myself? How can I make sure that if I do work, that one, I either know for, cert for sure that it's tenant build-out work, and two, it, even if it is, what, what can I do to protect myself? So the first thing you need to do is to be fully informed. Are you doing work at any stage, whether you're a material supplier, a sub-subcontractor, subcontractor, or even the GC? Are you doing work for the um, someone that has a contract with the owner of the property or a tenant? So you need to do that search that I told you. You need to search the public records to confirm who the true owner is and determine is the true owner of the property the party that hired the general contractor. You also need to search for in the public records for this no lien affidavit, this memorandum of lease. Now, I'm here to tell you that I've been doing this for more than 20 years. This is not new law in the state of Florida. Almost every landlord has a no lien provision in their lease and almost every landlord is keen to the process of recording in the public records, this memorandum of lease or no lien affidavit. So it is highly, highly unlikely that you are going to find a situation where you're doing work for a tenant, yet those things don't exist, which could potentially give you a right to lien. I would tell you we're talking a thousand to one shot. 
um, that those things will come together such that you will actually have a lien on the dirt on the ground versus just on the lease. As a subcontractor, you need to be uh, extra vigilant about signing a contract with a pay when paid clause when you're doing tenant improvement work. And let me explain why. If we go back to our example of the yogurt shop, the tenant hires the GC who hires you, the plumber. You have a pay when paid clause in your contract with the general contractor, which says that if the contractor is not paid by the tenant, then the contractor doesn't have to pay you. Well, we know that you're doing tenant build out work. So as a result, you know that your lease, sorry, your lien is probably not that great. You know, you may be agreeing to sign contracts with pay when pay clauses because you are going to rely on your on your lien in order to enforce your right to get paid. But if the tenant stops paying the contractor and therefore the pay when paid provision applies, meaning you have no right against the contractor to get paid because the contractor was not paid by the tenant. So now you have no action on the contract with your customer, the contractor, and you don't have an action on the lien. Or, I mean, I guess technically you do, but, but it's only against the lease. Uh, so as a result, you really have no security um, when you're doing this work if, uh, with respect to your payment. If the tenant doesn't pay the contractor, the contractor doesn't have to pay you. And if the tenant can't pay the contractor, then they'll probably get evicted and your lien rights are worthless. Um, so what else can you do? Uh, you can send, you can absolutely make sure that you send your notice to, to owner and record your lien timely. Um, even though your rights based on a lease are much less valuable than a right with respect to the, the dirt, the, the fee simple interest in the property, having those rights will increase the likelihood of getting paid. In our experience, um, significant local, um, most regional and almost all national tenants are pretty solid outfits. And as a result, your lien on their lease is actually valuable. So let's take an example. Um, you are doing work for the build out of a Chick-fil-A. So at, at the Chick-fil-A, you, you um, are doing the work, the, there's a dispute and you're not getting paid. So you record a lien on the property. Well, you know, Chick-fil-A is a national um, organization. They are not gonna allow you more likely than not to foreclose on their lease even though they don't own the property. So that's a good example of where having a lien on the tenant's interest is still very valuable. Um, so you wanna make sure that you send your notice to owner and you record your lien timely because you will not have lien rights even on the lease if you don't comply with the notice to owner and lien recording deadlines. The other thing you can do is you can send what's called a demand for a copy of the lease prohibiting liens. This has to be a separate notice from the notice to owner. Um, here is what it looks like. It's a pretty simple letter. Um, 
needs to go via certified mail. It gets mailed to the landlord. Uh, you include the name and address of the lessee and the name and legal the name, address and legal description of the property. And it has this warning: warning, your failure to serve the requested verified copy within 30 days or the service of a false copy may result in your property being subject to the claim of lien of the person requesting the verified copy. So what is this request doing? This is a written request by you, the potential lienor, to the landlord and to the, um, and a copy goes to the tenant. And you're telling them, send me a copy of the lease because I wanna see for myself the provision in the lease that precludes the liens from being recorded. The reason you're sending this request is much less because you actually want to see the document and it's much more because you're hoping that they don't respond because as the warning says their failure to respond within 30 days uh, to provide you a copy means that now your lien potentially it's not guaranteed but potentially may uh, attach to the landlord's interest of the property. So we have some clients that typically provide materials for tenant build-out work, and this is part of their routine. They notice the job, and when they know that it's a uh, work for a tenant, a tenant build-out property, they automatically send this request. Again, remember, it has to be separate from the notice to owner. It cannot be sent with the notice to owner or attached as part of the notice to owner. And the reason they do it is in the hopes that if they ever have to lien the property later, they can argue that they made this request, the request was not timely responded to, and as a result, they have lien rights. Um, just know that through the Sunray portal, um, for all of you Sunray customers, you can request this uh, copy of this letter. So you can you can request that in addition to sending a notice to owner, that you can send you can have Sunray send this request for a copy of the lease. And it should be something that you do out of habit whenever you know you're doing work on a tenant build-out space. Now, there are some exceptions to this rule. So as I told you, it's not guaranteed that automatically when you send this request that they don't respond, that you automatically get a lien on the property. Um, the contractor or the liener must otherwise have complied with all of the other sections of the lien law and that you did not have actual notice that the interest of the um, lessor was not subject to the um, no lien affidavit, meaning you can't make this request knowing that you have no lien rights and still overcome that and have a lien. So, um, but again, uh, it's, it's very important to make the request to protect yourself. Um, as I told you, you can get the uh, copy of this document and have it sent for you from Sunray. Uh, if you want a copy of the form yourself, we can provide it to you with the presentation, or you can go to the leanzone.com forward slash forms. By far the easiest thing to do is when you're in the process of having Sunray handle your notices, that they go ahead and um, just send this request for you at the same time. Thanks. Have a great day, everybody.